Welcome to the Digital Thought Leader Podcast. We help coaches, professional speakers, authors, and thought leaders elevate their online presence so that they can attract their ideal client. We give you the resources, tips, motivations, and success stories to help you step out of your comfort zone and share your God-given talents with the world. I'm your host, Kimberly Inez Mays. Now let's get it started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Digital Thought Leader Podcast. I'm excited for this episode because I'm interviewing Sabine Gideon, who is a life coach, life and leadership coach, author, and speaker. She serves ambitious, mission-driven leaders and entrepreneurs and helps them identify and overcome their self-sabotage behavior, take action toward the goals that they really want to achieve, and unapologetically step into their leadership and power. So welcome, Sabine. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me um, on this on this wonderful day here. I appreciate that. Um, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm Sabine Gideon and Life and Leadership Coach. And, um, you know, I specifically uh, partner with, I, I would call it partner with uh, clients who are women in leadership um, and do all the things that you mentioned, mm-hmm. usually ambitious, driven uh, women, whether they're in um, traditional corporate environments or uh, in entrepreneurship or looking to transition into entrepreneurship. Awesome. So if somebody wanted to work with you, uh, if somebody's transitioning to entrepreneurship, I think there's a lot of people who want to do that now. What are some of the first steps that you would help somebody get started with? Yeah, that's a that's it's mm-hmm. so layered, right? Um, yeah. For, for many, uh, you know, taking that leap immediately isn't necessarily an option. So I know a mm-hmm. lot of people kind of dip their toe uh, where they're still working corporate and then start, you know, what's what's called their their side hustle. Um, so one of the very first things that I also that I always um, recommend to people is, you know, really get clear on why you're starting the business, right? You know, uh, there's so much talk about entrepreneurship and it just seems like every other day someone is like starting a business. And, you know, it could be tempting um, for people to just be like, you know what, I don't want to work in this cubicle anymore. I don't want to have to report into someone. I'm going to start my own job or my own company. Um, But I think it's really important to do some of that, um, some of that self-work first um, in terms of really clarifying, well, why are you starting the company, right? What is the end goal? Um, Oftentimes what you'll see happen is, you know, people start the, the business and they just replace the job for Mm -hmm. the business and the freedom and, you know, the wealth and all the things that, you know, all these coaches promise you, they don't get that. And so, you know, I've been challenged uh, in in reading um, the works of T. T. Harv Eker um, around, you know, when it comes to a business, wealthy people start a business with, um, with the plan to actually one day sell it or, Mm -hmm. you know, or leave it as a legacy. And so, um, you know, I would say start with the end in mind, like uh, Steve Covey uh, with the seven habits of highly effective people. What's the end goal? Is the end goal to, you know, just have something that replaces your income? Is it something that, you know, is the business supposed to be a lifestyle business or is the business something that you're going to build up its value so that you can one day sell? Once you've made up your mind of what the end goal is, then you start to backtrack and lay out, okay, well, what does that need to look like? What do I need to make? What are, what are my products or services? Who am I going to target? I think that's one piece that people are missing. And a lot of coaches mm-hmm. don't actually teach or coach to that. It's just get the business started and get out there and, you know, make your brand pretty. 
Yeah. Um, so I just, I wanted to throw that out there as, mm-hmm. as one strategy. Yeah. And I love that because I think that, you know, I, even though people hear that, okay, starting a business could be hard and it's not always sexy, you know, a lot of people don't really think of the end goal in mind. And some people are like, no, I never want to um, start a business. I'm going to eventually sell. But that's usually a lot of times that's the end goal and that's okay to, to do as well. And um, just knowing knowing the why too, I think it's just so tempting, especially if you're in a job that you hate to just say, okay, well, this is great. But sometimes even without a boss, just your own business, you just replace one set for another if you're not very clear. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, that is very, that's very true. And I don't hear that a lot too. A lot of people, like you said, just focus on just the, the fun parts, I guess, and not the slowdowns. So how did you get started, um, you know, doing your coaching? Yeah, great question. Um, so I spent uh, about 13 years of, of the earlier part of my career in human resources, went to undergrad for HR, started HR right out of undergrad. And, you know, I had within a year, like there was this role, it's called HR business partner. Obviously, it's called different things at different companies. But I was like, I want to be an HR business partner because they were the ones that were working with the leaders. They were the ones that, you know, for me, I thought were making the biggest impact in the organization and was told, uh, you got to work here for a good 20 years, or you have to have at least 20 Mm -hmm. years of experience before you can get there. And, you know, certainly that was a bit demoralizing, but I I also was like, uh, yeah, no, (laughs) (laughs) I am not working 20 years to get to that point. And so, you know, I really busted my butt. Um, for 10 years, you know, making what I felt were strategic moves um, to help me, to help position me and gain the skill set and the competency to actually step into that HR business partner role. Um, And even went so far as, you know, going back to school and getting my master's to broaden my experience. And that was actually a really good strategy because it landed me a role that allowed me to do that HR business partner role. However, within six months of doing the role, or maybe even less than that, I realized, um, yeah, this is not what I want Mm -hmm. to do. And so, you know, I had to deal or reckon with the fact that, you know, I was no longer, um, I had outgrown, like the goal, the, the thing that I thought was, you know, my ideal, like I had outgrown it. And so I was left at this place of kind of like, uh, identity crisis, right? It's like, I've worked so hard. For this role, I finally have it. It's not what I want. What do I do now? Um, and so I took some time to really like look at, at my past work experience and identify, well, when were the times where I felt most fulfilled? Where were the times I felt most impactful? And because I was a recruiter for so long, you know, it was when I was sitting across from an internal candidate and coaching them on how to interview, you know, better the next time or helping them identify what their career path could be. Um, And it was also when I was working with leaders and helping them, you know, kind of figure out like how to develop their staff and and getting them to get to the place of vulnerability where they could be better leaders. And so at that point, I recognized, I'm so sorry, at that point, I recognized that, um, you know, coaching was the thing that brought me the most joy and coaching was the thing that I could do for the rest of my life. And, you know, even if I didn't get paid, although I wanted to get paid, um, I'd be okay with it. And so I set on the path. I started career coaching. 
um, just because I was the natural inclination. And, and as I've grown and matured as an individual, certainly has my business and my serving offerings where now I'm at the place where, you know, it's life and leadership coaching for leaders. And the life coach aspect really comes in place because I've learned and I've recognized that, you know, we're only as good or we're only as strong of a leader as we are we're only as strong of a leader to others as we are to ourselves, right? So if we can't face our own blind spots, if we can't face our own obstacles and we can't face our own challenges and, you know, challenge our beliefs and grow and develop, how can we turn around and really effectively do that for others? Um, so I spend a great deal of time working with leaders to help them unclog some of their own junk so that, you know, they're a lot more effective in, in, leading themselves and then certainly leading their others and their teams. Nice. Yeah. And I love, I love how your story includes a pivot because some people feel that if they're on one path, that it's not okay to pivot and do something else, especially because, you know, you did a lot to get to that HR partnership and just pivoting and thinking and doing that, being self-aware to know like what you want and what, brought you joy, brought you happiness. And I think a lot of, a lot of people need to know that it's okay to pivot and do something different. So that's what I really love about your story. So thank you for sharing it. You, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pivoting is, is, I mean, in business, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you look at the, the timing at the timing of this, um, this recording, right? Like, you know, we're coming out <laughs> or sort of at the tail mm -hmm. end of a global pandemic. Right. And so, Six months ago, you know, many business owners would never imagine, like people who own studios or, you know, barbershops and whatnot, like they would have never imagined that they would be shut down for two months or, you know, they had to find different ways to offer their services. So I think the beautiful part of entrepreneurship is that you have the autonomy um, to be able to shift and to be able to pivot and to define how you want to show up at any given moment, whereas you know, traditionally in corporate environments, like you're limited to whatever career path someone has set for you or whatever the organization has as available opportunities. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the the pivot that we had to do now with the whole pandemic and coronavirus, because even as an online business, you, you still feel the, the shift and, um, even brick and mortars. Like I took, um, a dance class on zoom it was a couple of couple of months ago, and I was like, "This is crazy!" Like, I don't think anybody would have imagined having to do this. But I see entrepreneurs getting very, very creative, and I wanted to know, like, if is there anything that you recently needed to do to pivot on in your business online? Yeah. So, um, luckily for me, and I, I shouldn't say it's luck, right? I, I do believe that all things, you know, uh, happen, and and we're on a path, but. At the end of last year, I got a, a corporate client um, and I got recruited or, you know, I got a contract to come in and, and do some leadership development. And because of my previous HR experience, they're a startup uh, company and they didn't have HR. And so I was able to leverage both, um, you know, my experience as a coach and on the leadership spectrum, as well as my HR. And so at the beginning of the year, I actually, um, you know, came on to help build out their HR processes and their systems and their leadership team. So luckily I've had this, you know, the steady gig uh, since the beginning of this, of this year, but where I have pivoted from a coaching perspective is, you know, I had, 
had a lot of programs, right, going into uh, 2020. And so at the end of at the end of 2019, I, knowing that I was going to be committing, you know, more time to this 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 client, I decided, okay, let me simplify things, right? Let me um, let me really look at what's what's worked, right? There's a lot of things that we put out sometimes, and like the market will tell us these are the things that are working. These aren't these are the things that aren't working. And so, you know, I, I went through an entire rebrand before COVID um, and a restructure before that so that, you know, for the clients that, you know, I could support that I was able to support them in, in the fullness of, of my capacity. So, you know, I restructured in kind of simplifying the services. Um, I restructured in terms of identifying who it is that I really actually wanted to work with. Um, I know coming into entrepreneurship, like there's this belief, especially if you're in the coaching space, I can help anyone. I can mm -hmm. work with anyone, right? And while that may be true, um, the, the, the markets, there are a lot of people. And so, you know, you want to be able to um, differentiate yourself from, you know, this life coach or, you know, this this web designer or this, you know, whatever. So, you know, getting down, getting to the place that you niche down one of the other things that I have done also too is I recognized, you know, um, from just for me personally, you know, I was putting, I, I put a lot of content out on social media, on my blog and all that other stuff. But the thing that resonates with, um, with my clientele the most are like the five day challenges that I do, mm -hmm. right? Because it's an opportunity for me to get in front of them live and actually have dialogue and actually, you know, just be me, like they get to experience me. And so recognizing that, you know, I've leveraged, um, you know, like my last challenge was coping with change, right? We were in a big global pandemic. There's a lot of change there. So I'm identifying issues and challenges that are actually relevant to where my clients are. And then I'm not hiding behind, you know, a social post or a blog post or, mm -hmm. you know, my newsletter. It's I'm getting in front of them and saying, hey, how can I help you? Um, and that's completely shifted things for me from like the individual coaching um, perspective and, and how I'm able to attract uh, clientele. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I love that too. I love just the fact that you stress the importance of being able to niche down. I think a lot of people think, oh, if I'm too specific, then I won't make any money because I need to have as many people be able to work with me as possible. And I think that just confuses folks. Because then they're like, okay, well, what does he or she do? Especially in the coaching space, you don't really want to accept coaching from anybody if, you, if you're not clear on what they do. And then also just being able to pivot again, just to increase your capacity to take on more people without burnout or, you know, without with serving that bigger client. And now the challenges are actually a really good idea too. So I, I, I love that you brought that up. And then also about just not hiding behind a blog post and not hiding behind stuff. Because I think I see a lot of people who love to hide. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very comfortable place to be. But then, you know, people don't really see you. And people don't really understand that when you post something, not a lot of people see it, especially if your following is small. So, yeah. 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 And especially in these times, mm -hmm. if, if you really look at, um, you know, this global pandemic outside of the global pandemic, but it's actually united people in a way that, you know, we hadn't 
seen or experienced mm-hmm. before, right? And so, you know, when, you, when you're buying a product, like, especially if it's a service, like what we offer, you know, you're not buying the person's funnel. You're mm-hmm. not buying, you know, the person's whatever program you're buying into that person, you're investing into that person. And so if you, if you don't make that connection, if you don't, you know, reach out and, and allow them to see you allow them to build that no like, and trust factor, then it's going to be hard to turn around and be like, oh yeah, just shout out a few thousand dollars and I'll mm-hmm. take care of you. Um, you know, so <laughs> just keeping that in mind that it's not necessarily about, um, you know, having to be perfect or having to appear to have it all together. Like people are going to be attracted to you or drawn to you regardless, right? Like the people who need your services, they're going to be attracted to you first and then your services or your products. Um, so just keeping that in mind when, you know, you want to hide realizing that, you know what, Mm -hmm. I gotta, if I, if I want them, if I want them to believe that I can help them, then I need to show up for them in a way that demonstrates that. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That low like and trust factor. And then I also add to that is that it takes about seven interactions or seven touches, whatever, however they, you know, anyone wants to describe it for somebody to make a buying decision. So mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of my website clients are like, oh, well, I just need people to go to the site and then be able to click a button and then buy. And I'm like, it's, you know, it doesn't quite work that way. It, it takes it takes a, a while. You have to make nurture a relationship. So it definitely, they, they buy into you. And it it's something that I think people need to get comfortable with. So you have to be comfortable with yourself in order to stop hiding and actually sell yourself. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing up that point. So Absolutely. what were some of the things that made you successful in your in your business or what was one of the most important things you've done? Yeah. So that's an interesting question, Mm -hmm. right? I, (laughs) um, for me, well, one of the very first things I had to define what success meant to me. Um, you know, again, coming out uh, in a space where there's a million coaches and there's a million funnel builders and there's a million Facebook experts, there's a million Instagram experts, right? There's just like, if you do this one thing, you can make all this money and, you know, have a six, seven figure business or whatever the case may be. And, you know, in the beginning, I'm not going to lie. I fell for that trap. Like I was buying everybody's program and service, but then I had to take a step back. And, and this is part of the self work that I was talking about. I had to define what does success mean to me, right? What as I mentioned before, the end, keeping the end in mind, right? What would allow me to feel successful and not just from a monetary standpoint, because that's oftentimes where people go into business where I'm going to make all this money. But for me, it was, you know, what type of impact am I going to make? Um, What doors do I want this to open for me? Um, How will I pivot, um, you know, when it's time for me to kind of let go? Um, and then also too, you know, do I want to be working 80 hours mm-hmm. a week? Like, do I really want to leave a 40 hour or 50 hour to start working 80 hours? So, you know, that was step one. Um, that That's the first path. Um, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, success is really based on your mindset, uh, just as e- evenly as wealth, right? They're both mindsets. Um, and so defining what success meant for me, first and foremost, and then filtering out 
everything that did not align with that. And again, in this day and age, that's extremely hard to do, especially yes. if you're on social media, especially mm -hmm. if you're in networks with people who, you know, are doing the same thing that you're doing or business owners. I think there's power in that, right? Because uh, entrepreneurship is so lonely. It's so isolating. Um, and, you know, sometimes like you, you question yourself a lot. So it's important to have people alongside you who are going down the same path and the same journey. Um, but, you know, differentiating between um, admiring and aspiring to be like mm -hmm. someone versus comparing yourself to someone. That was another huge piece, right? Like, cause we're looking at somebody who's at stage 10, stage 12, and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. I don't have this, I don't have that. And recognizing that, no, those, those people that you see, you can admire, you can aspire, like use that as something to push you or propel you versus something for you to make yourself small um, by comparison and by self-sabotage and imposter syndrome. Um, so those are fundamentally some of the mindset shifts that I had to make first. Um, you know, once I identified what success was for me, then I, you know, I, I zeroed in on just the things that would lead me to that point. And then also too, leveraging, um, not getting people who are where I am, like, and learning from them. And whether that be through books, um, whether that be through actual coaches, I'm, I'm a big investor. I, I, I believe every coach needs a coach. I believe everyone needs a coach, but I definitely certainly believe every coach needs a coach because think about it, you know, if you're coaching or whatever service you're providing, there are so many um, traps, right? And why not go and invest in someone who's already like overcome and can, you know, fast track you versus spending all this money or spending all this time, you know, fumbling. Um, so investing in coaches who are individuals who were doing the things that I needed, to, the things that I wanted to learn there. And I'll, the fourth thing I'll add to that is getting really clear on what my skills are or my strengths are and where my weaknesses are yeah. and being okay with outsourcing my weaknesses so that I could focus on my strengths. So those are, those are like four things that I feel like were foundational in helping me and, and continue to help me move towards the path of success. Yeah, I think that is golden, just really about, I think just the biggest takeaway, especially for me, is just the comparison piece, because I think that's where a lot of people get ensnared, especially with social media. And it's just everywhere, it's just bombarded. You can't even go to social media for fun anymore if you're an entrepreneur, because yeah. Coming from big data, I know how this stuff works. I know like everything you click on is tracked and you get more of it. So it's like you're being sold to constantly and people are putting out ads and people are putting out their best lifestyle images and you're like, dang, why don't I have that? And so, yeah, I think that's just really important too. So yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think that for a lot of people, they don't recognize when that's happening. And it's just to take a step back and think about that as, as well. And yeah, every coach does need a coach and everybody needs a coach. I can attest to the power of coaching as well. And what were some of the things that you've outsourced that were um, that took a lot off your plate? Yeah, goodness. I mm -hmm. wish I had done it sooner. Um, so, you know, a blog posting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I love, I love to write, mm -hmm. um, but 
there would be like this level of anxiety. Like I'd spend my weekends like, okay, I'm going to write three posts. And then it'd be like, oh, but let me check LinkedIn. Oh, mm-hmm. let me check that. Right. And I found myself repeatedly procrastinating or repeatedly, you know, just dreading it. And I was just like, okay, there's a problem here, right? Like mm-hmm. something in me is, is, is not wanting to do this. So rather than, you know, focusing on something that is not, it's not that the writing wasn't my strength. It's just sitting down, like, you know, you probably experienced this through, like when you mm-hmm. got to like, okay, well, what's the topic? How do I break it down? How do I, you know, how do I format it and all that other stuff? And so I got to a place where I was just like, okay, I can write, I can minimize and just kind of write the top three points and then outsource the rest and have someone do that for me. Um, social media was another thing, right? You know, you go from, okay, I'm just gonna look for ideas. And then next thing you know, it's like three hours later, or, you know, I'm gonna batch. And next thing you know, you know, you spent all this time. So getting an expert to kind of, and not just an expert in broadly social media, but I focus my platform of choice Um, because of where my clients are is LinkedIn, right? So getting someone who is savvy in LinkedIn and helping me in terms of navigating and and doing the engagement. Um, What else? Website. I can't tell you how many times (laughs) I've fumbled with my website personally and then it, but then it was never the way that I wanted. I was like, okay, you spent all this time and quite frankly, prior all this money how about you get an expert that you feel comfortable who can deliver to you what it is that you want and how you want to show up. And so outsourcing that and letting that person do it. Um, a lot of the marketing, obviously, you know, I am my brand. So a lot of the marketing I still have to do, I still have to show up. Um, a lot of the administrative tasks, uh, you know, and, and you, this is your world, right? Mm-hmm. Like creating uh, campaigns and, you know, sending out emails and, and all that other stuff are the newsletter, you know, it used to be like, how do I start the newsletter? Getting someone to create a template for me, um, freebies. I offer, I usually do like a lot of workbooks and a lot of guides. And I would sit there on Canva for hours trying to like get things to align. Nope. I went on Fiverr, went on Upwork, got mm-hmm. someone to, to do that for me. And, you know, the turnaround is really quick. Um, one of the things that I say when it comes to outsourcing, and I know I know starting off, it's not always easy because you you may not have the capital. But you know, as you think, as you again, end in mind, right? You are a business owner. You have to be able to get to the place where you're like, okay, if my rate is a hundred dollars an hour, if I'm going to charge someone a hundred dollars an hour, I need to carry that in everything that I do. That my time is worth a hundred dollars an hour. So if you find yourself writing a blog post for four hours, you have to ask, was that worth four hundred dollars? Or what can I what will I be able to do to generate the revenue to give me back that time? And if that isn't clear, then okay, could I spend maybe fifty dollars and have someone do this mm-hmm. and save my time in doing something more revenue generating? So I think that's the that's one of the things that very few coaches teach. And us, especially coming out of corporate America, that's not the mindset that we have, that our time is actually worth a lot of money um, versus, you know, the working for dollars situation. So getting clear on how much is my time an hour and if if the project, if you know for a fact that or do the assessment, can I make this money back or would it be, would my time be best used somewhere else to generate revenue, then, you know, making that that shift. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I love the things that you listed off too because I outsource some of them too, like copywriting. I I understand that blinking cursor all too well, and I, I'm just like, you know, it's it's something that I've actually hired out because I said I cannot generate the quality of copy that I need to in the amount of time that it's going to take. And yeah, mostly everything is very easy to outsource. I'm a big proponent of Upwork. I like Mm -hmm. Upwork a lot. Of course, you know, I'm proficient in most of it myself, especially the email marketing. I I take that on because I'm I'm good at that. But even just the, the writing of the content, that's one thing. And then there's the execution. So I'm great at the execution, but writing... I'm okay, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I love Upwork. It's, I, I made some really quality relationships on Upwork. I made a quality relationship with a copywriter that we work together and, you know, I'm making partnerships all the time. So yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely people need to value their time too. And I think it comes to a point where people spend so much time and they're like, you know what, uh, forget it, throw the whole thing away. I, you know, just can't, so I hope it saves some somebody some time listening. Yeah, and actually, yeah. I'll I'll give you. Uh, I don't know if this is considered a pro tip, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, there's something called PLR. If you guys have ever heard of it, it's private label rights. Mm-hmm. So basically, there are people for their business. They write blogs, or they write you know articles, or they write eBooks, or whatever the case may be, and then they sell you the information. Like you get to you. You get to rebrand it, rewrite it, you know, cut it up or whatever the case may be. And that saves a lot of time. Um, so, you know, if, if you can't afford to hire a copywriter and just kind of like need the basics of something um, and can go from there, you know, check out PLR in your, your particular niche um, and, you know, get some help. Yeah, that's a great tip because I've actually done that too. And I think it, I think it's great because... It still delivers the value. You still brand it. And I've done it in the, in the way that tweaks it to my reader. But mm-hmm. then I don't have to go and do the whole thing. I just, yeah. you know, I just modify it a little bit. And yeah, that's a great, that's really a great tip. So I'll be, be sure to include that in the show notes as well, because I think that is something that um, can definitely save a lot of time as well. So you know, I like to do kind of like a speed round with, with all my guests just to just because I love resources so much. And I wanted to just talk about like some of your favorite books and resources that um, you use, because I know that you talked about a couple of books. Um, Think and Grow Rich, you, you indicated was one of your favorite books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um early on, like I, you know, you, you follow multiple people and they're like, I'll oh, read this book, read this book, read this book. And I was just like, I don't want to because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I thought the premise of just like, oh, another how to get rich mm-hmm. book. Um, but then I started reading the book and it was just like this portal in my mm-hmm. mind opened up and it was just like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so for those of you who haven't read it, it's it's really, it really hones in, um, you know, everything that like I've been talking about when it comes to your mindset, right? You know, um, the, the, if you can think it, or, you know, if you can believe it, like it, it'll happen. And, you know, example after example, after example of how someone's beliefs, um, actually allowed them to create the results, um, that they wanted. And so based off of that, I did some more research and learned about the bear model and it's called different things depending on who, uh, you know, who's authoring it. 
but there is this direct connection between our thoughts and our beliefs, right? That then um, impact our emotions. And from there, once our emotions are invested, good, bad, or indifferent, then that'll, uh, that'll trigger what actions we take and the eventual results, right? So when you find yourself in this place of, you know, scarcity, right? That's a huge piece uh, that most entrepreneurs have to like overcome. If you have a scarcity mindset based on whatever happened in your life, right? There was, there was something that was seeded and that triggered an emotional reaction as it relates to money or things or whatever the case may be. And you, because you've been carrying that belief, there are certain actions that you've taken all your life that give you the result, right? So if you believe I don't deserve money, right? Because something happened in your childhood that generated that belief, you probably will find if you look back, oh, I get money, but I can never keep money because I'm mm -hmm. always spending it, right? Yeah. And so your results are that you're always in the place of lacking. Why? Because you don't believe you deserve money. So, you know, that's that's the bear model. Your beliefs and your thoughts lead to or impact your emotions and then lead to your actions and results. And that was something that it wasn't described specifically in Think and Grow Rich, um, but definitely after reading Think and Grow Rich, it made me, um, it led me to kind of really under, like want to research more around how my thoughts and how my emotions are really the things that are behind the results that I have, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, I love that book as well too. And I think I need a refresher because I think those, that's one of, the kind of, one of the books that I think needs to be reread and just kind of retaught because these are habits that take a while to cultivate. And I think that that one is definitely something I want to put on repeat, as well as the one you mentioned before, Stephen Covey's um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's actually on my, my bookshelf and on my Kindle as well. And then you also mentioned Dare to Lead. Is, is another yeah, book. so that's um that's by Brene Brown, um and I love Brene Brown. Like she's like <laughs> she's the perfect mix of like if it's someone I aspire to be like that perfect mix of um the human emotion with the scientific reality behind it. And you know she does a lot around um, work with leaders, right? And as as I do as well. Um, you know one of the things that I realized when I was in corporate America is that. Leaders are the most underserved. Um, you know, there's this expectation, especially in corporate environments, that you know, if you get promoted to a leadership role, like you have to have all the answers, and you know, you have to be able to perform. And so, you know, people get into this space of like living up to a title versus actually showing up and being that person. Like, you know, I'm a firm believer that we all have leadership capability and regardless of whether or not you're managing someone or you have the title of leader, I believe that we all have a responsibility mm -hmm. to lead. And so her focus in, in Dare to Lead and many of her other books is to almost humanize what leadership is. Like to, like, it's almost like take off the mask, you know, put down the title. Who are you as a person? And how is that being reflected in how you work with people, how you manage people, how you empower people, and how you encourage people to be their best selves? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think leadership is really important. And sometimes people get intimidated by the word leader. They think, oh, I have to boss people around. I have to manage folks. And yeah, it's, it's really not like that. So I love that you said everyone has the capacity to lead. 
And I think for those who are struggling to actually read books, I just had this thought in my head that, you know, I use a resource called Read It For Me. I think it's um, it's like 12 minute summaries, audio summaries of a lot of books, a lot of popular books. And so that's a resource I use when I can't get to every single book as fast as I'd like to. I, I do use like a lot of summaries and a lot of um, audios, things, things of that nature until I can actually get to the actual book too. So I think, you know, definitely thinking Grow Rich is going to be on my, on my 12 minute list, but I, I have the book as well. And then one of your favorite quotes that you had indicated was to err is a human, to forgive is divine and do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Yeah, so I took Latin in high school and um, those were the two, those were the two quotes that I remember having to remember in Latin and have always stuck with me. And then it wasn't until like later in my life, like I learned that you know, the do unto others is like the golden rule and mm -hmm. it's like generated or it comes from, it's, it's, it's a biblical reference, right? And so for me, the, you know, to err is human, to forgive is divine is my reminder when I want to, you know, go into that place of judgment um, for somebody because I feel like I was wronged um, that, you know what, we all, <laughs> we mm -hmm. all, um, you know, we all make mistakes. Um, and so for me, from a, a belief standpoint, you know, I want to be in that place of being compassionate and being, um, and being able to offer people grace when they do make mistakes, even when they hurt me. Um, because guess what? At some point I probably made a mistake. I definitely made a mistake yeah. and I probably hurt someone else too. And, you know, I want to extend that same grace and that ties also into the do unto others or as you would want them to do unto you. Right. It's, it's, it's that core of our human being, um, love others the way that you, you know, you want to be loved. And especially the time that we're living in, um, you know, we're, we're seeing as a society, as individuals, how, how powerful, um, you know, extending love, extending grace, extending compassion is in diffusing and dismantling evil and hatred. Um, so those are things that, you know, I personally um, live by. And, you know, have to remind myself so that when, as I show up, right, as I'm talking about being a leader and, and showing up and impacting others, that I'm checking myself as well to make sure that the way that I'm showing up is the way that I, I want it reflected back to me and others. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more too, is that, you know, I, I don't really like to quote what comes around, what goes around comes back around, but that is kind of the truth too. It's like you are a reflection of how you treat others and you know how they how they treat you as well. And some of the technical resources that you had listed were Acuity, Active Campaign, and uh, this one I've never heard of, um, Recurpost. Yeah. So um, Recurpost, what I love about it, I mean, it's like your your buffer and your okay. suite and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But the way that Recurpost is designed is like I can go in and there's a free account too. So I can go in and say, all right, on Mondays, mm -hmm. I want this posted to this. Right. And so for the free account, you get 20. Right. So on Monday, I can upload 20, um, 20 posts that I want to go out. And it'll, every Monday, it'll cycle through. I mean, you can do it for the entire week, it, but it'll cycle it out. 
And once that 20 is done, it starts it all over again. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to repurpose um, content um, on autopilot, essentially, because by the time 20 comes around, you're like, what, almost six months worth Mm -hmm. of content that you can upload that again, you just recycle it. So that's why I like repurpose versus some of the other ones where you have to like manually go back in and initiate it. Um, active campaign, um, you know, I'm still a newbie in active campaign, but I love the functionality of being able to, you know, segment out my list and make sure that I'm providing content and value to, you know, the people who want specific content and value. Um, and then, uh, with acuity, I use that for my scheduling. Um, but then that's for, there's a free account. There's also a paid account that allows you to bill as well. So Mm -hmm. if you know that, you know, you have packages or you have programs and don't want to do the whole setting up your website and, you know, having Stripe and PayPal and all that other stuff, um, right within that acuity, you can leverage that to, to do recurring um, coaching sessions or, or whatever your program mm-hmm. is. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I use a tool like Recur Post as well. So I couldn't live without it because there's some days where I'm like, I'm not posting stuff. Most days I don't post anything new. It's all automated, but there are days I I will. So I can't speak enough about just making sure that that is on, that evergreen content is being shared and repurposing. That's something I um, teach a lot. And yeah, I I haven't used Acuity, but I do love software like that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially since. No, I was going to say, especially if if you're working full time mm-hmm. and like this is a side hustle like you you'd otherwise you know burn yourself to the ground so definitely leverage mm-hmm. tools yeah and it, it also takes payment too which is great because that's one less payment processing thing you got to worry about you know I know people just take payments hundreds of different ways and that could be just kind of a crazy nightmare yeah, and Active Campaign is awesome too. I've been using that for a while. Recently switched to Infusionsoft, but um, I love all of these tools as well. And yeah, that's that's awesome. So, you know, if anyone wants to connect with you, how would they find you? Yeah, great question. And thank you for that. So, um, you know, I can be found on my website at sabinegideon.com. Um, it has all of my coaching programs. Um, I do a challenge every other month or so. Um, and so, you know, you can get the updates on the challenge that I'm, I'm doing at any given moment. Um, also too, uh, my book is listed on the website. If you're, if you're interested in learning about me a little bit more, it's called Transform the Journey to Becoming. Um, you can grab it on, on Amazon or through my website. Um, and I'm also, you know, at, very active on LinkedIn. As I mentioned before, that's where my clientele is. So, you know, if you're listen to, listening to this and you have additional questions and just want to connect, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know you heard me um, on, this, uh, on this podcast. And, you know, in any way that I can to, to support you, I certainly will. Yeah, thank you. And I'm going to link to all of that in show notes. Definitely take advantage of the challenges and, you know, just connect with Spain on LinkedIn if, if you want to. And yeah, that wraps up another episode of the Digital Thought Leader Podcast. Thank you so much, Spain, for your time. I truly appreciate you taking the time out to share everything that you do and all of your tips and tricks, as well as words of wisdom. I think it's just vitally important for people to really get to hear what you have to offer. 
Thank you. And thank you again so mm -hmm. much for, for having me and, and for sharing me with your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, that's it, guys. Um, thank you for listening. If you love this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Tell a friend. And stay tuned for future episodes of the Digital Thought Leader podcast coming out every two weeks. And if you haven't, go back and listen to past episodes of the Digital Thought Leader podcast. We have great interviews from aspiring, inspiring business owners such as Sabine. And until next episode, we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone.